0: Welcome to our podcast, The Rev Sarah Shares. Very wonderful to have you with us as we conclude our series on Signs Upon the Door. Today's one is Therapy Session in Progress, where we explore failure and betrayal and our relationship with God viewed through the story of Peter and Jesus after the barbecue on the beach. There's much hope and renewal in this wee story and reminds us that all of us are redeemable. Perhaps you don't feel worthy, perhaps you think your failure is too great for God. Peter denied Jesus three times in the ultimate betrayal, far more damaging than Judas. Yet he was forgiven and restored, so there's hope for us all. What follows is the reading and the reflection from Sunday the 8th of May.
1: Today's reading is from John chapter 21, reading verses 15 to 25. Jesus and Peter After they had eaten, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these others do? Yes, Lord, he answered, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, take care of my lambs. A second time Jesus said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he answered, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, take care of my sheep. A third time, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was sad because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? So he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, take care of my sheep. I am telling you the truth. When you were young, you used to go get ready and go anywhere you wanted to, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hand and someone else will bind you and take you where you want where you don't want to go. In saying this Jesus was indicating the way in which Peter would die and bring glory to God. Then Jesus said to him, Follow me. Jesus and the other disciple. Peter turned round and saw behind him that other disciple whom Jesus loved, the one who had leaned close to Jesus at the meal and had asked, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus answered him, if I want him to live until I come, what is that to you? Follow me. So a report spread among the followers of Jesus that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not see that he would not die. He said, if I want him to live until I come, what is that to you? He is the disciple who spoke of these things, the one who also wrote them down. And we know that what he said is true. Now there are many other things that Jesus did. If they were all written down one by one, I suppose that the whole world could not hold the books that would be written. Amen, and may God add His blessing to the reading of His word.
0: What to do? What to do? I broke my word. I couldn't even keep one promise. When the proverbial hit the fan, I was out of there so fast. We all know that feeling, whether we have failed another or we have been failed by another. Genuinely, I've sat in my car and sobbed at the actions of another, and I doubt that I'm alone in that. Yet there are times when we hurt because of the actions of another that have somehow burst our bubble or taken away something precious to us. My tears on that occasion came from having invested in something fought for something, prayed for something and without warning it was taken away and given to somebody else to deal with and I lost ownership of it and it faded away into nothingness. That pain was so real at the time. Betrayal, and that's what it felt like, betrayal has its own unique pain and I think betrayal can cut deeper than some other types of pain When it comes to relationships it somehow undermines more than the event it cuts into a relationship in the sense that it damages it and it can be very hard to come back from for example betrayal damages trust and often the injured party will put up barriers to protect themselves some kind of defense mechanism and the pain of betrayal because it's so deep and rich often prevents us or stops us from engaging again in order to protect ourselves. And the thing with betrayal is often it's not visible until the very, very moment that it happens. It's like when you watch a movie and, and you know it's coming and you're shouting at the telly, but that person walks right into it. But what if, and this is key in this story, what if you were Peter? What if you are the one who caused the pain, the hurt, the damage, the betrayal? What if you are the failure? And is there room for failures in the kingdom of heaven? Absolutely. So if you don't listen to any more of this, please know if you think you are a failure, God loves you anyway. And trust me, I am a failure too. And we're going to explore that through Peter. God bless Peter. Peter's betrayal of Jesus came from a place of self-preservation, something that we all have to one degree or another. It's a very human trait. And he was terrified. He was scared out of his wits in that courtyard. And everything that he knew, uh, believed in, hoped for, was all crashing down around him at a speed almost incomprehensible. And he's asked three times, are you not with this man? Are you not one of his? Do you not follow this man? No, no, I don't know him. Never met him before in my puff. We know different. So does Peter. But I doubt any of us can truly judge Peter in that moment, especially when the miracle of resurrection has yet to happen in Peter's timeline. And sometimes the root of betrayal can feel justifiable. And plenty would say that they had no choice. And that is certainly a rabbit warren we could go down. I'm not going to today. Peter, I want to use Peter just to help us explore that concept of being a failure. Peter is like so many of us in the church. We speak the right words. We even fulfill the basics of Christian living. We put our donations in the food bank box, our money in the offering plate, whether literally or through the bank. We attend fundraising events. We're generally kind. We worship regularly, whether online, in the building, on the phone, watch songs of praise. We even stick bumper stickers on our car. Some of you are thinking about that. But then we shout at the idiot as we drive past them because they've been going too slow or been too erratic. And as we drive past them, our bumper sticker says, Jesus loves safe drivers. Exactly the irony of that is kind of how we live our Christian lives. We say one thing and we do another. Peter said all the right things. But when he was called to stand by them, he failed. Rather spectacularly, it has to be said. Our words and our actions don't always add up either. And that includes me. Peter promised to stand by Jesus through it all. And some would say he fell at the first hurdle. I think that's a bit mean. I think the fact that Peter even went to the courtyard took a huge act of bravery. Peter had seen so much, been through so much, and now he's sitting on the beach with Jesus. Remember the barbecue that we talked about last week? They've been out fishing all night, Jesus has brought breakfast, and they're sitting on the beach having breakfast together. Just a small group of them having breakfast. And so Peter's at an interesting point, shall we say, where he's witnessed this miracle of fish, where he's met Jesus, where he's eating with Jesus. The sand feels coarse between his toes and there's this wee shift in the atmosphere. You know what I mean? Like that tension arises where you could cut it with a knife. And his heart is thumping as Jesus draws him to the side for this conversation that has been preached on and analysed for generations. And John's eavesdropping as he always is. Peter knew and he hoped for the best, who wouldn't? And he expected the worst, don't we always? Seeking forgiveness from the one you hurt so badly is it's so up there it's no wonder that the two hardest words or the hardest phrase to say after I love you is I'm sorry. But he knew. He might not be the most sensitive man on the planet, but he knew. And I wonder what he expected. I wonder what he went through in that time of eating breakfast on the beach. It must have been amazing and excruciating. The elephant on the beach, as opposed to in the room, fully visible, yet for a while remains unmentioned. Jesus waits. Have you noticed how much waiting goes on with God? How much patience there is with God and from God? That is something we should be grateful for. You know, it's never good to deal with broken relationships in the heat of the moment. It's like going shopping when you're hungry. You have Limited, if any, self control, and you purchase everything. Or if you're trying to deal with a broken relationship, it all just blows up, and people say things that they can't take back. And instead of pouring oil on troubled waters, it, it just becomes a complete disaster. Peter had been out all night on the boat, unlikely to have had much sleep, and more likely to be starving. It was really a last minute fishing trip, after all. But now that he's fed, that he's calm. Jesus is able to have the therapy session. There's no crankiness. Now, there might still be anxiety, but not cranky, not hangry, as we like to say. There's also something about eating together that is really important that um, speaks about relationships because Peter knows he's not hated or rejected. Jesus once again breaks bread with him and so a foundation is laid for the relationship to take place a bit like having a warm-up before a race it's to do with bonding and it's something that we often recommend families to do as long as you put your phones to the side, you'd be amazed at the conversations and bonding that happens over a table alpha was so successful because we fed people and then talks about god the salvation army always was about looking after the physical needs before the spiritual needs because we're in a much better place to receive from God when our needs are met. So seated around that fire eating and talking and just peace. None of them ask if it's the Lord because they know that it is even if they can't quite comprehend Sometimes the only way for us to move towards healing in a relationship is to remember what was, to remember the wider parameters of that relationship. If you focus in on the damage, on the hurt, on the betrayal, you will lose the wonder of the full relationship. It's so easy to forget that. We remember the hurt, the pain, the anger, the grief, the act of betrayal, but we forget the love, the laughter, the milestones, the richness of that time shared. And we paid our relationship down to that one single moment in time. And yes, I know that one single moment in time is horrible, but like physical wounds can heal, even if they leave a scar, so can relationships be healed, even if they leave a scar and are never quite the same again. Jesus waits, not till just after breakfast, because remember, this is not the first time that they have met. Thomas had to wait a week. Peter waits that little bit longer, and maybe there's something in there to explore as well. Something about healing, and guilt, and regret, and angst that we need to explore with God. It takes time to work through issues. Like we said at the beginning of this short three-week series, it's okay to not be okay. And sometimes we need time to wrestle with the situation. We need time to process, and some people don't even like that phrase, but we need time to work things through, to wrestle with them, to ponder them. If we didn't, therapy wouldn't be as big a business as it is. Indeed, something that my 12-year-old daughter, almost 13-year-old daughter, is now working towards is to become a psychologist. Imagine knowing at that age the importance of that work. So Peter, getting back to Peter, was an inner circle friend of Jesus. Uh, Peter, James and John, pretty much uh, they were the centred group and then you had the rest of the disciples and then you had all the others And his betrayal cannot go unmentioned. God cannot ignore our failures, particularly when they're ones as damaging as Peter's. It would not have been fair. Indeed, it would have been cruel for God, for Jesus, to leave Peter there, carrying that betrayal. Because if it's not dealt with, it will eventually destroy him. No matter how confident Peter may become in the faith and leading the church, because he has been allowed to break bread with Jesus, he was still included. If that betrayal had not been dealt with, the devil would have used it as a tool to undermine him every step of the way. It would play over in his mind when he was at his weakest. He would live in fear of doing it again when cornered. He would build walls around himself to protect himself from failure. And in the process, lose the freedom of faith. Indeed, fear would permeate everything. And we all know this. I know this. I know this from the the, the mistakes that I've made and how I rehash them and how I ask those questions. What if? What if I'd done that? What if I'd said that? What if? What if? Life is full of what ifs and we exhaust ourselves but what if here we go again but what if we can move forward from betrayal whether as a victim or as the one who betrayed another it's a beautiful moment between Peter and Jesus that we get to be a part of and recorded here by John There are three statements of betrayal that are replaced by three affirmations of love. There are three statements of denial that are replaced by three statements of purpose to care for the sheep. Peter knew that he didn't want to fail Jesus again. He knew that sitting at the barbecue, even before Jesus starts this therapy session. And he doesn't want to go through the motions. He's not that kind of a man he's an all-in kind of a guy. I mean, he is absolutely something else. He was always in the thick of it, whether it was up the Mount of Transfiguration, where he offers to build shelters for Moses and Elijah, whether it's the, you know, the walking on the water, where he asks Jesus if he can step out and walk with him on the waves. I mean, who does that? Well, Peter, obviously, or struggling to stay awake in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's such a human vivid strong character that he wants to be more than he is and when we go on to read his story through the book of Acts we realize that Peter still has a lot to learn but the difference is that he is willing to listen learn and then do whereas at the moment he's still in the do learn listen rather than listen learn do very important distinction And we'll look at that again next week. Too many of us, too many in the church and too many in the world think that we are worthless to God because somehow we have failed him. Perhaps we have led a life that is not worthy of him. And I hesitate to give any examples because that's me putting my judgment on what is a worthy life. But we all have an inkling of what that means. We avoid him convinced that he won't love us or can't love us or indeed trust us with his mission. Other times of course we've been convinced we know better and we've stepped out to live life on our own terms at at best paying God lip service at worst ignoring him completely and kind of like the prodigal son we're just living at large and We'll deal with it at the very last minute. But then that moment comes when the rug is pulled out from under our feet and everything comes crashing down and we see reality as it is and we realise our arrogance, or selfishness. But remember, Jesus meets us here too, with arms wide open in welcome. No matter how low we go, God is there. So don't let mistakes, don't let mistakes that you have made in the past or even right now hold you back. Whether you've denied God in word or action, whether your love for him, yourself, your neighbour or your enemy has been lacking or your lifestyle would raise more than eyebrows in high society, God loves you still. And there is hope, healing and restoration. Peter was given a significant role. Back before he denies Jesus three times, he is told that he is the one that the Lord will build his church upon and not even the gates of hell will prevail against it. After Peter denies Jesus and after this conversation, Peter is given the same role. It's not watered down. It's not somehow taken from him. It's not a job share. It's still his role. Peter is still the one upon which the church is built. But Peter himself is changed. We cannot help but be changed by God when he meets us at the point of failure or unworthiness. Peter becomes more open to God's all-encompassing love. And again, by chance, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, by God's will, we are actually looking at this story next week and that's not what I thought was going to happen. Our betrayals or failures can be blessings if we let God work with us and through us. Your betrayal of God is a thing. My betrayal of God is a thing. My betrayal of other people is a thing. Not proud of it, but it's a reality. My failures are just as real as anybody else's. And you know what? That's okay. Human beings get it wrong. It's kind of our thing. But they have also shaped me and impacted on my life and on others. However, because of Jesus, they're no longer my burden. Cast all your anxiety onto him. Other versions say, cast all your burdens onto him, for he cares for you. Peter would still have had to work through his issues. It's not a click your fingers and all's well. He would still have to work through those issues. He'd still have to build trust with the people round about him. He would still have to let go of his pain and his sorrow and his guilt. But he always had that moment. Always had that moment of release and freedom. To center him, knowing that he was trusted by Jesus to care for his sheep. And before it ends, like a Disney happy ever after, and we kind of looked at that earlier, two to four, Peter blurts out, Well, what about him? Remember John who's eavesdropping in the background? Jesus, this is his facepalm moment. I'm not sure that he did that, but it would have been that moment. Peter, through Jesus, is reminded that his faith journey is his journey and John's journey is his journey. And what is it to Peter? Whatever happens to John. We are each individuals in the sight of God. Each of us has our own calling, our own place in the kingdom of heaven. It's not about outcomes, it's about commitment. So don't measure yourself against another. Don't Count up wrongs, as Paul would remind us in that passage on love. Look to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So you failed God. And then perhaps in that failed yourself and failed others. What do you do with that? Do you allow it to crush? Or do you allow it to build you up? Take time with God. Remember all that is good about your faith journey. Accept his peace and rest in his presence. Know his power over your life to bring healing, to bring restoration, to bring mercy, forgiveness, hope, courage, confidence, whatever it is. And remember that with God there is always a future, one that stretches into eternity. It's not always an easy one. Indeed, in this story, Peter is told his method of death, at least that's how it's interpreted, that he too would be crucified. Remember, faith doesn't change reality. It changes how we live it. Faith doesn't change reality. It changes how we live it. Jesus acknowledges Peter's failure and restores him, not with judgment or yelling or punishment, He simply asks that really, really hard question. Do you love me? Jesus asks that question of us. Do you love me? That's your question to answer. It's mine to answer. God doesn't ignore our failures or betrayals, but he doesn't hold them over us either. To love Jesus is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, and to love your neighbour as you love yourself. Indeed, even to love your enemies. That question, do you love me, cuts through all the window dressing, all the bluffing, all the excuses or even reasons, and goes straight to the heart of the matter. Do you love me? So don't live in your betrayal or your failure. That's the last thing God wants. Society might make us live in our betrayal and our failure, but God doesn't. Let him raise up your chin and forgive and set you free. God bless you. Amen. Thank you for listening and I do hope that you'll subscribe to this podcast to hear future weeks. May you have a blessed week. Don't forget to check us out at uk, and that's an E-I in Moncrief.